You're listening to the Loyalty Minute, the show that helps you build better customer loyalty and more valuable user engagement with your host, Rob Gallo. Before getting into this episode, here's a bit of a word of warning for the audio quality. You'll hear a lot of dropout on my guest's side. Luke was going from one room to the other trying to get better internet connectivity during the pandemic and the close down. Um, you know, we're having to make do with the lack of quality internet connectivity, but do the best to enjoy. Thanks. Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of the Loyalty Minute. I'm your host, Rob Gallo, and today I'm eager to chat with Luke Peters. He's the CEO of New Air, a B2C internet retailer. He's also the host of his own podcast called The Page One, which he will elaborate on. Welcome to the show, Luke. Thanks for having me, Rob. Excited to uh, speak to your audience and talk about loyalty. Great. So for those listeners out there who don't know who you are or what New Air is, perhaps you can give them a bit of a background and the podcast as well. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for the opportunity. So New Air, we've been around since 2001 and I graduated school, got a degree in microbiology, worked as a hazardous waste scientist and saw my little brother selling stuff online. And I'm like, what is the What's going on here? This is like the beginning of the doc, or after the dot-com bust, which actually created a nice sort of business. And what we do is we sell um, compact appliances. So we sell wine coolers, beer coolers, ice makers, portable air conditioners. We started direct-to-consumer. We still do direct-to-consumer now, but we also do wholesale. So there's definitely a lot of uh, loyalty components when, when you build into that because we have our own customers, but we also have Home Depot is a customer and Walmart is a customer. And then we have their customers as our customers in a sense. Hmm. And we provide customer support for all of them. And um, so that's what we do here at New Air. And uh, for the Page One podcast, um, I have a lot of fun interviewing other entrepreneurs and other uh, consumer product uh, businesses. Great. Great stuff. All right. So for those listeners who might be new to the show, um, we like to run the format in the form of a game show. If you like game shows, Jeopardy is one of my favorites. So what we try and do is answer the question in the form of a story instead of a question. Because stories, I think, are meaningful to people. They can kind of get some meat and potatoes out of what it is rather than statistics. So the very first question I'm going to ask you is what does customer loyalty mean to you, Luke Peters, as a customer, as uh, you know, a consumer? Well, yeah, no, that that's great. I, I've got a couple of good stories to tell. Um, one of them, uh, I can't, I can't tell the name of the company, but let's just say they're a dominant e-commerce player. Okay. Who's <laughs> and, uh, the story here for loyalty, this is a little different angle maybe on what you're used to on loyalty, but, but I still think it's worthwhile is that, you know, a lot of companies are loyal to selling through this brand, but this brand lately has been very unloyal to their best companies that they work with. And um, I think from a business perspective, when you think about loyalty from a consumer expect perspective, I might say that I love, uh, you know, flying Delta, for example, and I can work with their points. And, you know, when people fly and they travel, they get used to a loyalty program like that. And that would be an easy story to say how I got upgraded the first class or something like that. But from a business perspective, you know, you have these different customers and you're investing in their platforms, they're investing with you. And for them, when it's just a transaction and there is no, they remove 
any sort of humanity or uh, personalization to the business, it, be, it creates a lot of friction. And that's kind of what's happened here in this, even here with this coronavirus situation right now. It's happened to a lot of companies. And find out who their best business partners are. You know, are you able to pick up a phone and transact and really get person to person? Or is everything dictated by a computer and uh, there's no responses and AR are not getting paid? And when you run into a situation like that, it really makes you kind of rethink your business almost and who you're doing business with. And, and is that the right partner you want to be doing business with in the future? So I think hopefully uh, that story resonates with some of your listeners. Yeah, I think we're going to have to move your laptop a bit. It's uh, the inter- the audio is going in and out. But so, so to add to that, what you were saying, though, this, this company, as big as it is, and I'm not going to name the name, but it's obvious, uh, yeah. is missing out on the uh, personal interaction is what you're trying to say. So what is what does that do for you in terms of being loyal to that brand? Yeah, so so this company turns everything into a spreadsheet. And what that does for me is that there is usually in any um, negotiation, there's going to be a give and take. And so what that does for me is it makes me want to seek alternative ways to grow the business and not be dependent on somebody because at any one point, they could pull the plug or they could change their business model. And since it's all a spreadsheet, you know, companies have to protect themselves. So I think um, that that's kind of how it would make, you know, myself react. Mm. So you mentioned Delta, right? What, what yeah. other sort of companies are you loyal to and what would be the reason for that loyalty? You think? Sure. So another, another good example is I'm, I'm definitely loyal, uh, to, to our bank chase. I mean, these guys have been, they've got the personal relationship. They've um, helped us through this uh, PPP process, which is this um, coronavirus aid. Mm -hmm. And um, they advocate for us, you know. And so it's not just about, you're not looking at rates or what they're charging. You're looking at kind of how they support you because um, when you're a partner with them, price is one thing, but you find out when times are tough, you'd rather be with a better partner than the cheapest partner. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. So the type of um, um, responsiveness that they're, giving you, that they're giving you? The type of responsiveness and also just the thoughtfulness. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Yep. Yeah. Now I'm hearing my voice coming through your computer, but it just stopped. <laughs> so as we, as we muddle through the COVID-19 uh, pandemic here, um, you know, I had a conversation earlier in the week with uh, Don Fox, the CEO of Firehouse Subs, and he mentioned the same thing. And we were talking about Allstate. So Allstate, in the back in the day, he had an issue, um, and they were the first to respond. And then it just this morning, I saw an article about Allstate giving back six hundred million dollars to their customers. And I sent them an email, and I said, you know. Uh, this is proof in the pudding that they're actually going above and beyond whether customers are even asking for it or not, whether they, they haven't been driving for a certain period of time and they're just giving $600 million back in unused uh, insurance premiums, which is phenomenal. Makes me want to yeah. switch, but I've been loyal yeah. to, to another company, uh, State Farm, for years that have done right by me. So. Well, I think, by the way, it's a good point that you bring this up. Um, I've talked to, I just spoke with someone earlier and a couple people, and right now, since, since this is a worldwide problem, 
you're seeing a lot of people come together. And this is a great opportunity for people, especially companies though, to show, show that loyalty. It'll, it'll be remembered for a long time. And um, just, just with the crisis, there's companies are coming together that wouldn't be before. Companies are donating even when they're having a hard time. Um, your example is a good one. But um, even along the whole supply chain, you've been seeing that. I know Facebook is, they donated, I believe, $100 million to small business, which I thought, as far as a loyalty program, was super smart. I know Facebook has made a ton, but they're aligning themselves with small businesses who general, who essentially, that's their revenue base from all the advertising that they're doing. And I thought that was a brilliant loyalty plan. Um, Cheryl Sandberg was rolling that out and uh, thought it was a great example. Hmm. All right, you gotta tip the lid of your laptop back a little bit. I'm gonna, as silly as that sounds, there you go, better. It sounded better up there. Um, so let me ask you this then, uh, Luke, as a marketing professional in your field, can you share with us some of the pain points that you have when it comes to creating and maintaining customer loyalty? Now you mentioned you were B2C, but you're still really B2B to C in the sense, right? You're selling to big box stores that are selling your products to end users. Well, we also sell direct. So we have our own website. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So we're, so we're doing it, we're doing all of the above. And, um, and, and, you know, the pain points are generally, the thing is with a lot of companies, so you have, you have the Amazons of the world and other big companies that, that can sell, since they sell everything, they can always get a lot of repeat purchases. The struggle for small and mid-sized companies is to get that repeat purchase because maybe you only sell a specific category of product, right? So it, loyalty is even more important at that point because your customer may not be back in business, in your business for six months or a year and you've got to have a way for them to remember you. And, and so generally that's going to start with a special brand promise. Mm -hmm. Could be, could be a warranty. You have to have the best customer service. You have to track your customer service and um, look at your NPS scores or ENPS scores, but there's going to be um, uh, reviews. There's so, so along the way, here's the touch points. We can offer, we can offer a better um, return option just in case things don't work out for the customer we can offer an improved warranty and then we can also offer a personal touch by calling the customer after the fact or down the road and checking in on their product and i think that one which does take a lot of time is a touch point that can improve loyalty more than what the big guys are doing but they they might they might they, they might have more loyalty because they have a wider range of SKUs. Mm -hmm. And the customer can come back at any certain point. So for us, we found those to be nice drivers on the loyalty side. Yeah, that's true. And I think about it this way too. I mean, I have a refrigerator in my house. I have one. I mean, I might not need another one for 10 or 15 years. Hopefully, you know. Um, yep. But they may have other products that they make that they can cross sell. But it's not a high volume type of sale of what you're doing. So you're dealing with customers at a horizontal rather than vertical in the sense that you're, you're dealing with one customer that may have several products, but not a myriad of products like an Amazon would. So you, there's no loyalty program, so to say, for someone that's in that particular field, I wouldn't think, right? You know, I mean, like you're not yeah. earning points for something like that. No, so the, so the points is, 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 is a tougher one to deploy on my particular business, but you can think, you can still think about it in different ways. Like for example, who are the customers loyal to? 
So they're loyal to influencers um, oftentimes. And so we can take advantage of that relationship and we can work with influencers to build loyalty to our site. Or there, and, and so for example, if there's an influencer in the wine category who's trusted and they built out their own audience, and, and they talk about our product, a customer can jump in the top of the funnel in the content world and find Amazon or Home Depot or everybody else with our product, but they can also hear that influencer talking about New Air and they may be more prone to come to our site um, because they trust that influencer and some loyalty around that influencer. So maybe not in, um, it, trust me, if there was a way to uh, deploy that and, and create points, it would be uh, appealing. It's a little bit harder because of the time frame between purchases for the consumer. Yeah, that's the biggest, the biggest hurdle in any loyalty program is really the amount of time it takes to earn a reward. That's why 57% of people who have a loyalty program as a card, a member, they abandon it because they say it takes too long. This is from the Colo Q 2017 loyalty census. And that, you know, I, it's, there's um, 3.6 billion loyalty cards in distribution right now, yet the average, and the average person has about 19 or 20 of them, but they only use or active in four. You know, and they're probably yeah. only majors. You think like the airlines, the maybe fuel, uh, casino, um, and, and even maybe some restaurants, you know, I know Landry's does a good job with their loyalty program. They do, they do well with it. But, uh, so let me ask you this then, can you think of a, a success or a failure in customer loyalty, a customer loyalty enhancement strategy that some listeners would find helpful? It doesn't have to be for new air. It could be for anything, but just, yeah. So, so I'm a big fan of Chipotle. It's a bummer that they're all closed down right now. I, I literally walk right across the street and we, I eat it there three times a week when they were open. Um, and I remember they had that Listeria, I think it was Listeria. Uh, they had a couple scares with the food. And um, after they did that, they put in a loyalty program of you buy a certain amount of you know, burritos or bowls and then you get a free one. But you only had to buy, I believe, something like four to get a free one. It was a really good deal. And I remember looking at the financials. Their stock got crushed during that time. I wish I had bought it. They put in this loyalty program. There were lines out the door. They had other ones where they added in a bag of chips, which is probably super cheap for them to add on to it. And they were able to kind of come back from that uh, food scare and their business just came roaring back. And the stock was just on a tear until recently. Yeah. So um, I thought that was a good one. And they only did it for a limited time, by the way. They did it for maybe about six weeks until they trained the customer to go eat at Chipotle. <laughs> and, then, and then they pulled it away. And, and they also had options. Like you say, you can have the card, but they had the option, obviously, with an app. And to your point, people eat there often enough where I say it was worthwhile uh, putting it on their phone. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. So um, that's, you know, I think they did a really good job with making it a comeback. And then the fear of missing out by only having it for a certain time period kind of got their loyalists back in the swing of things to get beyond the scare. So, yes, yeah. something like that. Um, so from an internal standpoint, do you have or have worked with any type of organizations in your past that are forward thinking or is innovation something that, that really holds them back? Mm. So what do you mean by that though? Uh, companies that also have loyalty programs or? 
Well, it doesn't have to have a loyalty points program, but in creating customer loyalty is exactly that. So customer loyalty goes way beyond that. Obviously, it's customer service. It's, it's, it becomes part of the corporate culture. But see, it seems so easy for some companies to do, but yet, you know, you can get a billion dollar company, a trillion dollar company almost like Apple on the telephone and walk you through a problem. But then when you get to a small retail store, you try and get someone on the phone and no one's to be had. And those are the things to me that are the most important when it comes to building customer loyalty is the experience with the brand and how people feel about the brand. Right? People are loyalists to Apple because they feel part of the Apple culture. I'm an Apple user. So it's, it's the same way with Starbucks. People think, all right, I'm a Starbucks coffee goer and drinker, but they do a good job of building that culture. I guess what I was trying to ask is, has there been any companies that you've worked with that have either done a great job at that or a terrible job that our listeners can kind of glean some information off from their own, you know, for their own businesses? Yeah, for sure. I would give it a, so here's an example of a bad one. <clears throat> and that would be, I don't know if you're listening, I think this may be more of a California based company, but they're called Fry's Electronics. Yeah. They have an online site as well. Okay, so Fry's Electronics, um, they were in a tough position because they, they really dominated locally all uh, electronics, like, you know, computer parts and stuff like that, mm-hmm. especially back in the early 2000s. But the service at that store was so poor, and uh, I I think what they should have done is just increase their margins by ten percent and had a totally different policy because they they treated me like kind of a criminal when you walk in the store. Had a lot of theft, so everybody was immediately a criminal. <laughs> and if you wanted to return a product, you stood in line for two hours, and uh, the the folks there were knowledgeable but not helpful. So you kind of had this perfect storm of, you kind of had to know what you wanted. You had to do your own shopping and uh, educate yourself. So you'd have to look online. I think what it did is it drove everybody to look online and then everybody's slowly trends change for them to just go buy online because of the way that this experience was of going into Fry's Electronics. And um, the interesting thing is it's, I think it's a cultural thing with that company because People that do business with them say the same thing. They don't get paid back. The, a lot of inventory is on assignment. They're a difficult company to deal with. So I thought that was a kind of an interesting yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, I, I remember CompUSA was the same way. Do you remember CompUSA back then? I do remember CompUSA. Yeah, they went out as well. Yeah. But then you have Best Buy, who's not, you know, and Best Buy is around mind-boggling to me because even before them it was circuit city which was a well-run company you know exactly. that was one of the one of the companies that uh good to great did a, a big comparison study and it, it did very well I, I don't know if you read jim collins book good to great i did yeah yep. so and then it just disappeared i mean i don't know if it was mismanagement or whatever but i would think best buy right now is kind of just a visual showcase for people that are going in looking and then buying it online anyway but yet they're still in yeah. business and they're still pretty helpful when you go in there, you know? So they're doing a good job. They're like the last one standing in, in like in consumer electronics. Yeah. At least nationwide. I know back in the Northeast, when I lived up in New York, uh, PC, uh, PC, PC Richard. It's been around oh, yeah. hundred years, but it's, yeah. they sell other stuff. I, I know Best Buy does too, but Interesting, interesting stuff. All right. So listen, before we wrap this up, what sort of actionable, actionable advice Peter, uh, Luke, <laughs> Luke Peters, could you give 
with our, to our listeners that they can implement today? It's just some little tidbits that you think they would help attract and retain more customers. Sure. So I think uh, the first thing is from like from a business perspective is know all of your customer service numbers. So when you're talking about loyalty and retaining customers, um, it can, not everybody has the right software. And if you don't, you should have all the right software. So you can not only measure how much, how long your interactions are, but how much they're costing you and what the result of those interactions were. Are they happy interactions or unhappy interactions? Mm -hmm. Is anybody screening calls or not? Um, I think, uh, for like an easier one, because that is difficult, by the way, if, if, uh, if a lot of it is happening on a call, you're then going to have to, you're then going to have to put in some sort of email, um, or other type of, uh, action where a question is asked, and then you're going to get some sort of score beyond that. What I would say is, is as much as you can move to chat. If customers are assisting clients, I really love chat. If it's done right, I hate chat when it's a robot. Yeah. So have a human being handle the chat and have your uh, initial response time under 15 seconds, which is what we've pushed our team to. And, and when it was not successful, our response time was a minute. So we had to shut, we had to push that down to 15 seconds um, or less if you can. And I think um, you actually increase customer happiness there. I think they get frustrated on the phone. I think there's less of a sort of, like personalities and voices can be different on phones that can sometimes cause people to get upset, but here it's just text. And if the people write politely and quickly, I actually think that it, the response is better. So what we've done is we've tried to, we haven't hit this yet, but on average, try to have more chats than calls. And while you can't dictate that, what you can do is you can make it so your chat is so easy on your website, it's so good that you'll hopefully get more customers to chat than to call. But what I wouldn't do is just totally get rid of your phone number because that'll just tee off a bunch of customers because <laughs> some of them do want to call, right? And so you don't want to be you don't want to be like PayPal and make it impossible to get a hold of you. Yeah. So. Especially for me. I'm an old school guy. I love being able to pick up the phone and get someone who speaks perfect English and understands what I'm trying to say. So I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Luke, because you know I, I did find one company, it was actually Xfinity, that had a very smart artificial intelligence with their chat in the sense that the chat, I knew it was automated and it told me right up front that it was automated and it gave me a, a, a list of numbers. So it said for, you know, for customer service, general, press one, or type in one. It was a text chat back and forth, right? Uh, so re reply number one, if it was about the internet, number two, if it was about TV, number three, whatever, and if it was billing or whatever. And then it, it kind of asked me the right questions. And, but it did finally get me on the phone with an agent, but you're right, it's, it's, it can be frustrating if it's not done right. Very much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I think this was really, really great stuff, Luke, and I, I definitely appreciate your time. So if, um, if listeners wanted to get a hold of you directly and listen to your podcast, I'm going to put it in the show notes, but how would they, how would be the best to do that? Oh, great. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. So the podcast is the page one podcast with the number one. So if they type in page space, one space podcast, you'll find it on any search engine. Um, we're hosted all over the place and, uh, you'll be able to download it, but obviously through iTunes, you can find it there. And we talk to other successful business leaders in the consumer products space. And we talk about supply chain, consumer products and all of those categories and really having a lot of fun doing that. And, and uh, also anybody's free to connect with LinkedIn or uh, Luke at newair.com. Great.
Great. Well, Luke, I want to thank you for your time and sharing your insights on customer loyalty, brand loyalty during the COVID-19 pandemic, which is just still mind boggling. To the listeners, I want to thank you for being a loyal listener and investing some of your valuable time with us. If you feel you received value from the show, we would definitely appreciate a five-star review on your favorite podcast streaming service. If you think you know someone else who might value and enjoy listening to this podcast, please do share. That's how we grow. To reference this and other Loyalty Minute episodes, please visit theloyaltyminute.com. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for your next edition of the Loyalty Minute.